Welcome everyone to the Blakeser Show, episode two. Lance Falatongo joined by Luke Jobs. We're here talking about the Lakers and Blazers. The Blazers, we will start with number one in the West after tonight's win versus San Antonio. They are now 10 and four. Luke, you have the floor. Tell us what's going on with the Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah, man. It's just, it's, it's crazy. You know, How are you I feeling? They, <laughs> I'm feeling good. I just, it's more or less like a, I thought they'd be all right, but they're, they're doing really, really, really good. So it's cool. It's cool to see. Their last uh, couple of games we talked about, um, Charlotte at New Orleans, at Dallas, and then back home tonight versus um, San Antonio. You predicted uh, that whole road trip, right? Win versus Charlotte, win versus New Orleans, a loss versus Dallas. Nice. <laughs> Let's go. Man knows what he's talking about. What is uh yo, Jeremy, who how much did you guys trade for Jeremy Grant? And was that a I'm steal? Sure. Um, I would say I would say it was a steal. I mean I know it was a Milwaukee twenty twenty five first round pick, I think, was involved. So it was I don't know. I think it, I think it was well worth it, and he's playing at a really, really high level. All right, 21, 29 points tonight, and he uh, he's led the league. He's led the team in scoring uh, six times this season. Yeah, after the games on the Trailblazers channel, what is it on route? They have a golden shopping cart. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they call it that for Fred Meyer, their sponsor. And yeah, he's won six of them, which we mm-hmm. only had what 14, 13 games. Pretty cool. Do you guys have a, a Fred Meyer's in uh, Walla Walla? No, unfortunately, oh, we don't. It's a super big uh, shopping, like grocery mart here. And sometimes it's like a full. Like it has clothing and tables and like housing stuff as well as food, but it's a big, it's a super big grocery Dude, store down here. It's the best. You got to remember, Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer has everything, everything you need, and there's one like thirty minutes away, but they just need one everywhere. I agree. Mm. Anyways, shout out Fred Meyer. Throw that sponsorship. You got, you got some extras <laughs> thrown our way, Blakers. Man, so what is what is going on? Is is Dame Dame's just coming back from like an injury, right? Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, he played in Dallas. So, how does he look? How does he look? Does he look like injured at all, or like he's coasting a little bit? No, I think he looked. To be honest with you, dude, I think Dame looked fired up tonight. I think he looked. He looked different tonight. He looked like he was more locked in on moving the ball. And it's right here, 8 of 20, 2 for 9 from the three-point line. But he has 11 assists, and he plays 40 minutes while having a game-winning block, essentially, and a big shot at the end of the game. So it's like, I don't know. I think it did seem like he was kind of coasting, but I see he locked in more on other parts of the game that we're not really used to seeing him do. Mm, oh, he's 
he's able to be a point guard instead of a scorer. He's more setting up now. Yeah, because I think it, about like it, other guys are scoring, right? Dude, last year the the concern was with with Chauncey, like wasn't going to be able to get Dame to play defense and do all these things and really buy in. And I don't know, he he's. I had this thought today, dude, when I was watching the game. I was like, Chris Paul and how he's just continued to be awesome as his career moves on as a point guard, and that's hard to do. You know, like Steve Nash did a good job of it. There's guys that have. If Dame wants to continue, he's got to. He's got to be a better passer, to be honest. And I don't know. I think the fact that he is bought into that could be huge. And if he's going to buy in on defense, which he's already pretty underrated, it's pretty cool. Oh uh, yeah, I'd agree that uh, Dame's a underrated um, defender. But I would have to look at the stats to see if that's like. Yeah, there's um, some analytics. He's definitely a, like a. Oh, okay. He's definitely a super scorer, and then sometimes it looks like people dribble by him, and he's just already ready to move on to the next possession. I'm waiting for the inbounds. Like he let he'll let somebody drive past him for a layup, and then already start looking back to the Blazers' basket to like start getting ready for the next play. Um, but Dame's, of course, gonna Dame when he needs to. Uh, it just seems like right now he doesn't have to, so for sure he's able to focus on other things like setting guys up and still able to play 40 minutes. Damn. That's pretty good. Dude, if my fiance can watch the game and go, Dame doesn't have to fucking do everything, then that's pretty obvious. Like, I don't think it's something that we're going to have to see this year as a Blazers fan. Like, you're not going to have to rely on Dame every single game, and that's pretty cool. To score 40, 45, to score Any fan, 15 in the fourth. Yeah, they're going to hop on and watch a game and be like, that's a good-ass team. They don't just go like, wow, that guy is really good. I mean, he's going to stand nice. out. And I think that's what the coolest part about having Chauncey Billups is, is he did win a ship. He was on a lot of good teams. But the year they did win it in particular, it was just a bunch of dogs. It was a mm. bunch of guys they weren't supposed to win it, and it's just right. pretty crazy. Yo, therefore, went against the Lakers four of Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, and the and beat the Lakers. Damn. Oh, uh, yeah. Your coach definitely has uh, experience. Uh, talk about some of the the other players on the Blazers that are are making this run work. Number one in the West, like uh, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart. Um, who who else is standing out for the Blazers right now? I mean, he played a little tonight, Watford, and Trent Watford's good, and, you know, you said Sharp. But a guy I really like is Jabari Walker. And But if you were talking to X-Factors, like especially on nights where, you know, Nurkic's been out, he was out the last, I think, three games. So the fact that he came back tonight was really exciting. But Drew Eubanks, backup center, to be honest, he's been he's been better. Sorry, Nurk, I love you, but he's oh better he's than been Nurk. Doing good. Yeah, he's been super super efficient. His field goal percentage is really high, and he plays defense and he's really aggressive. And 
that's one thing about Nurk since he's come off that injury is he's it takes a lot for him to get aggressive. Like I don't know, it's hit or miss. Does it look like Nurk uh, doesn't want to get hurt again? I guess early in when you're coming back early from an injury, it's like you definitely don't want to get re-injured and be pulled back off the court again. Does it look like that or just shaking off the confidence yeah. from a split, from a rest? But I was – I don't know. It, it said it was an injury, but it was floating around that I think. He had some family stuff going on. So it could have been that too. Maybe he was just out of it tonight. But it seems like right before he got hurt, he was really in the zone. So I was glad, especially San Antonio started getting a lead there late. Like Drew Eubanks came oh, in. Yeah. He really saved us. So. Drew Eubanks, uh, born in Troutdale. Uh, it's about 45 minutes away from here on the other side of Portland. And drafted out of Oregon State last year. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, and funny thing is, Lance, is he played for the Spurs and oh. got cut by them last year. And he was on several 10-day contracts for us. And he just, even though we were dog shit last year, he he played, he was a really bright spot on the team. So we re-signed him. He was like one of the main guys we re-signed this offseason. And it's definitely working out if he's able to come in and play better than your starting center right now. Yeah, six nine. Does it feel like he's short for a center, or still still holds up? Is he? Does it say six nine? I mean, listed at six nine. Yeah. Holy shit! He's got to have really long long arms because he he doesn't look any smaller than any of the other centers. Hmm. That's crazy. He's super aggressive, so maybe it just kind of cancels it out. The next three games for the. Portland Trailblazers. Two home games this week versus the Brooklyn Nets and then the Utah Jazz who are up there after a, a fast start. And then on uh, next Monday, you guys head to Milwaukee uh, for the first trip in a four-game road trip or for the first game in a four-game road trip. Uh, but those three games, Thursday versus Brooklyn, Saturday versus Utah, Monday on the road versus Milwaukee. How you, those are, those, hey, those are some uh, pretty tough teams, right? It's going to be a good test to see uh, uh, how the Blazers hold up against them. How do you feel about those games? Uh, I feel really good about them. I think. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to play the Jazz. Super excited. I think Portland's going to smack them. I think they're going to kick their ass. I can't <laughs> wait for it. I do love one thing I'll say about the Jazz. I actually heard this today. I mean, I know it's, it's early, too. It's only been. We're not even a fourth the way yet, but Mike Conley's averaging his career high in assists, which is pretty crazy. Because mm. he, dude, I remember oh, when he was damn. on the Grizzlies. Career high? Torched. Yeah. Like, I think around 10 a game. Wow. Oh, wait. Okay, get it, Mike Conley. I feel like Mike Conley is stuck for a minute there. Or, like, but, he faded. Like, you didn't see a lot of Mike Conley. Has he just been on the – where is he right now? Or He's on the Jazz, but he it would have been cool because he was supposed to be such a big plus when they had Mitchell and Gilbert. Mm-hmm. But then, bam, they get rid of him, and all of a sudden just – I don't know. It all works out for him. But I think their plan was to not be good this year. But they right. have a bunch and of the, role and then players. They started really good. 
Yeah, if you have a bunch of role players who, yeah, if you got a bunch of role players who are hungry, <laughs> they're all going to do pretty well. Yeah, that, uh, what would you do if you were that, uh, like, the head of the Utah Jazz right now after a quick start, you have, would you, you be like, Oh damn, moving in. go for it. Oh, start trading away the pieces. Have to like, look at, look at all the seven. guys I got. Come and get them. I'm not for this winning this season. You have several picks to lean on already because of the moves you made. And if you can rely on you guys doing shitty this year too and kind of controlling your own destiny on top of all the picks you're already going to get. And, dude, Victor Wimbanyana, I don't know if I said that right, he is amazing. He's unreal. Oh, my Lance. goodness, he, yeah. He hit a three-pointer today where he was crossing this guy up. And you got to think, he's seven feet four. That's crazy. And he hits a pull-up floater from the three-point line. Like nothing. And it's like, that is, uh, most people would say that's a terrible shot, but he makes it look like a good shot. He's so skinny. Like he not, is. not, not just skinny, like thin. Like, I, he makes Kevin Durant look like Santa Claus. The way, how Slenderman, Victor W, uh, I haven't looked at, uh, what, Bignana? Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid he's gonna just his some he's gonna break a bone or something. Like I don't want to put that out there, but See, it just looks I, like I, he's gonna get hurt. He, <laughs> I hear you. I like like chat and those type of guys. I hear you. Like Kevin Durant did get hurt, and I mean those guys are lengthy and scary. But the way I look at him is more like Giannis and. Giannis was actually on a podcast um, with Serge Ibaka comparing him, and he was freaking out about him. He's like, dude, this kid is like Rudy Gobert. <laughs> he can block shots, but he can hit and dribble like Kevin Durant. He's like, it's unreal. He's like, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen because I guess he played with his brother, and he's watched him play up close before he became popular and the dude's going to be good, and Utah wants that. Yeah. And I know they didn't just trade all these guys to have a – playoff run this year <laughs> so the utah jazz are going you think are are in tank mode plus already have a huge cache of picks from trading away donovan mitchell and rudy gobert and then will use their own high draft pick from tanking to position themselves where they're going to get this guy who is available to draft this upcoming uh nba draft that's the plan that's everybody's plan right yeah that's the plan that's everybody's plan i mean at this point every single team should tank because they need victor Wembenyana on their team but realistically i'm going to just be honest with you man the jazz they they're kind of just playing it safe they're they started out hot let's just give it everything we got show the league what players we have on our team and teams are going to start jumping on him because Danny Ainge is one smart dude, and he's he's smart, dude. He walks right in there, and he trades freaking their best two players, gets a buttload of picks, and then what? And they're going to freaking keep it going. And I just think that they kind of started hot just to sh show what they have. 
Yeah, I think they would have. I think they would have been fine in in like a tank season. I think they would have been fine if they started uh, with a bunch of losses straight out the gate too. But uh, it definitely has given exactly like you said them the platform to show off uh, some, you know, trade pieces who are looking better and better to some of these other teams that are realizing they don't have uh, what it takes. Like. if the Lakers, if the Lakers could get Jordan Clarkson back, <laughs> that would be amazing. If we could get anybody right that could shoot a twenty foot jump shot, <laughs> that would be sick. And you know, I'll, one other thing, it's going to be sick because they're in the running to get Victor. Oh, straight up with their own pick. Wait, who the Wait Lakers? The Lakers, yeah, they're the worst team in the league right now. You know, they probably could get Victor next year. I feel like, do we have our own pick? This year, 2023? I don't think so. I think we traded everything away. I would have to look up. I set up. you up, Lance. I set you up. I'm an asshole. They don't have a pick. They don't have a pick <laughs> next year. It's not good. They don't. Anthony Davis is on their team, and they traded that pick a few years ago, and now it's in New Orleans. <sighs> okay. I don't – what is this? I'm seeing something <laughs> – from the Lakers need to pick an organizational direction. Do the Lakers have a pick in 2023? Let's talk to the Forbes article. Damn, even Forbes is like the business decisions of this team need to end. Yeah, oh. There's a, it says a stipend rule. The stipend rule doesn't allow uh, teams to be without first round picks in back-to-back seasons. So it must be something where like Okay, but then after you make it, or you have to pick the pick we want. So if we gave that pick to New Orleans, we basically have to pick the guy they want and then give it to them? Yeah, it'd just be their pick. Like, it'd be you guys picking and then giving it to them. But realistically, I'm pretty sure it's like, hey, yo, pick this person. Mm -hmm. We want Victor. Pick fucking Victor right now. As as part of the package to acquire Anthony Davis in 2019, the Lakers gave the New Orleans Pelicans the right to swap first-round picks in the 2023 NBA draft. They also owe their fully unprotected 2024 first-round first rounder to the Pelicans, although New Orleans can defer and have their pick convey in 2025 instead. So if we do get the first-round pick, New Orleans Pelicans can be like, okay, here. We'll take that. You go ahead and take our ticket. Jump in the back of the line. Mm-hmm. Bro. Good, good times. Pelicans have done some work. with They have they have acquired some good pieces mm-hmm. while getting picks and still being, you know, a good team. Like, they're, they're in a good spot. What's up with Zion? He can't play defense. I see that, He's yeah. He's going to sit out a couple games. Brandon Ingram. Do they have uh, – who else do they have? Brandon Ingram, Zion, CJ. Uh, yeah, I don't know who, the, who else is on the Pels. I just know they're going to be able to get the Lakers pick. Um, That's tough. Do you want to? Do you want to call these the the few the next three games you guys have? Yep, I'm going to go two and one. Two and one. Which game are you dropping? We're going to lose to the Bucks. Unfortunately. In Milwaukee. First game of the road trip. Yeah. 
Yep. But you're you're you guys are gonna host the Brooklyn Nets at the Moda Center. You're gonna take them gonna down easily. Rocking. Uh, KD, Kevin Durant just coming off of near triple double, right? Um, in a loss. Uh, and then you're get, you guys are gonna whoop the Utah Jazz at home. That's on NBA mm-hmm. TV. Can't wait for that game. And then you guys are going to drop a close one in Milwaukee. Yeah, it'll be close. And you know, it's just like Dallas. I was I watched that game in Dallas, and man, ooh, they they were close, but just slipped away at the end there. But I don't know. Let's go over to you know how are the Lakers doing? Let's take the plane right down to LAX. Um, <laughs> the Lakers are the second worst team in the Western Conference. Uh, we currently have three wins and ten losses. Uh, so I said we were going to go two and one and beat the Clippers, beat the Kings, and or anyways, I was wrong. Uh, we lost to the Clippers, um, and in the last four minutes. LeBron was in the post trying to trying to get a um a post up bucket and he spins to the inside, takes a shot, he comes down, gets fouled or something, uh but he he hurts his groin and he's like in discomfort, he's hurt. Uh he misses both free throws, he walks off into the tunnel. Uh LeBron did not play uh the next two games. Uh, well, we lost versus the Clippers, and then the, the Kings, we also lost to, uh, 120 to 114. And then we, uh, we had an Anthony Davis sighting, uh, in the win versus, uh, Brooklyn, uh, recently 116 to 103. Yeah, three wins out of 13. That is tough. I, um, scary. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'll just keep talking about the reports. Um, I think or, can I, Lynn? Yeah. When you and me were talking about doing this podcast, we weren't. This wasn't supposed to happen, right? The Lakers <laughs> weren't. This it wasn't supposed to be like this. Yeah. It's supposed ways. to be us both celebrating. Oh, it's supposed to be us, like challenging for some sort of relevancy in the Western Conference and it's definitely not happening. But the Blazers, number one in the West through 14 games. Um, I didn't think the, uh, the Blazers were going to be uh, bad. Did you? No. No, no. especially no. No. Um, I, I, I don't know. I did. I honestly didn't expect the Lakers to be great. Uh, maybe not even, I thought they were going to be decent. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Um, some trades need to happen, but it's like, what is the, without any sort of draft capital with all our picks already traded away to have the team we currently have. There's not a lot of, I feel like, changing we can do. It really is just wait until other people get released and maybe, like, old veterans come walk on and take the uh, the minimum. Um, 
but it it feels like it's going to be another campaign to blow up like the whole uh Lakers roster. There's definitely already been talk and there's people every day that are like you got to trade LeBron James now. He's the only thing that uh is worth anything that you can trade or trade Anthony Davis um before he gets hurt, you know, trade Russell Westbrook who was making 44 million dollars. Uh who wants to take that you know, who would want to take that contract? Like, I guess, I don't know, like the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of money. So they were able to like overpay like Christian Kirk and a bunch of free agents. Is it going to be where you have to find a team that's crappy that would want Russell Westbrook just to like hit their salary floor or some, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if it, but if it, Anthony Davis definitely showed in that last game, I mean, he had 38 points, um, that or 18 rebounds. I need to look up stats, but Anthony Davis showed like he could be the guy instead of just a sidekick. Because, like I said, LeBron on that play that he got injured is four minutes left, and we need like we were down by seven, nine, whatever points, um, and we need a bucket, and LeBron James. 38-year-old self is the one in the post backing down, you know, uh, the defender. And while Anthony Davis is standing at the top of the key. And I'm like, those totally need to be reversed. And AD needs to be the one really uh, getting in the post and and posting up the undermatched defenders instead of LeBron. And LeBron needs to be the one chilling outside of the key like having more of an eye on things but being able to uh to get back um yeah we'll see how uh the next couple of games go for the lakers but i don't know exactly what the answer could be right now what does it look like like uh from the outside as a fan of another team that is going on with the lakers right now i mean I kind of am disappointed a little bit in Patrick Beverly. I kind of thought he was going to be a little bit more of a help. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But he is getting older too. They're all, it's just kind of how it is. But I think you just keep riding it out, dude. Like we're, we're talking right now after they just won a game against the Brooklyn net to Brooklyn and the, and the Lakers have pretty high hopes this year as far as the media, like, from the outside looking in. So I don't know. I think I think you stay the course. You're not going to trade Russell Westbrook unless it's a perfect match. Probably would have to be like a three-team trade. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. We're really – you think we're just going to have to He's fight it this good. season? Mm. Russell Westbrook? Russell, Russell Westbrook is good at basketball. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I was just looking at his stats. Like, he saw it in – that's why I brought up Patrick Beverly because it's like, what were we even talking about in the offseason? Like, <laughs> Patrick Beverly compared to Russell Westbrook, I'm taking Westbrook every single day. <clears throat> I mean, you don't have to choose between them, right? I mean, I if, they're, like if they're on the same team. People were trying to... to fight against them just because they, they battled so much. 
Yeah. And well, Patrick Beverly was the one that wrecked his knee, right? Yeah, he's the one that messed his knee up, and I don't know. They always argue with each other, so it's just funny yeah. they were on, ended up being on the same team. Isn't? Would you have made that signing? I might not have done that just because of that. Like, unless they were really over it, but I, I don't think I could forgive somebody for like diving no, at I mean, at my knee like that. Like, I wouldn't really like. I'll be a professional, but. I might not pass you the ball as much. Just like I don't really trust you <laughs> or something. I yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like, how on purpose was it? As you, oh man. So on that play, Patrick Beverly, it looks like he's diving towards the ball or more towards blocking Russell from getting the ball? Yeah, it looks more towards. It looked it looked bad. It didn't look like he was going towards the ball, but yeah, I I don't think he was like trying to. He was like pinpoint aiming at his knee and trying to rupture any muscles. But I think he was not making a play on the ball, and instead, uh, it, an injury happened. That Russell Westbrook, I would have you know hold it against him for taking it personal. Um, yeah, and but that just seems like such a weird move. To bring him on. And also, you think Patrick Beverly was going to solve all the issues that this team has? It's like, it was weird definitely in the preseason when uh, Patrick Beverly was like doing the team huddles. Like, come on, come on. Like at the free throw and Russell Westbrook just went straight to the lineup on the block to to get the rebounds uh, for the free throws. Uh, So definitely some weird happening there, but. Um, you would you would hope that they would put those out of the way on the court to give the team the best chance to win. But then again, it doesn't feel much as much like a team uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. It feels like a bunch of guys that are just throwing together playing basketball. But like when the younger guys come on and they're actually like running and passing and you know getting open shots and open layups, it's like. Oh yeah, this is nice. This is basketball, and then it turns into like an ISO game all over again when the starters come back in. Um, yeah, with LeBron out, I think it was uh Troy Brown, Troy Jones, uh, Lonnie Walker starting for us. Patrick Beverly, uh, Russell Westbrook needs Russell like Russell Westbrook when he gets out there is is good, like, but. I don't know. So I I've seen him dump off a pass, like a no look pass, and he goes straight to the defender a lot uh, this season. So like he could definitely be more efficient. But yeah, Russell Westbrook, good at basketball. Anthony Davis, really good at basketball, and could be a superstar that you could lean on. And he's supposed to be uh, like uh, Victor W. Wembanyama, but like already there. <laughs> And he's not. I don't feel like you can lean on AD. Does AD have hops? You don't? I don't think he has hops anymore. I don't think he can really... Mm. I mean, he probably can still dunk it if he really needs to, but he can't dunk it like Victor. Yeah. See, and that's... And we gave up, you know, future assets the next two years. Um, Think about it, Lance. You gave up. Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, first round picks. 
a four first round that. picks. That's so much for one player. And we say this, I mean, I'm sure we said this in the last episode too, but you listed out all the players that we basically traded away for one championship in 2020. Like the foundation for a long-term run deep into the playoffs every year could have been set by keeping young, talented, highly drafted players in the building, playing basketball together and, and growing, you know, themselves as players and as a team. But that's not the way the Los Angeles Lakers work. So we did what we did and now we have to pay the price. So we're just going to be stuck like this for the next two, three years. Um, but I think once LeBron leaves, hopefully we get like a general manager coach combination. That's like, let's just draft good players and play them together and figure out ways to get them open, figure out ways to, um, set them up on defense so that they're able to play good basketball instead of just signing whoever's going to keep you relevant or, you know, just it seems more star power than actual, like, game planning. I found that out the hard way last year, I think. I think it was was a matter of let's, let's get some bets. We just won the ship. Like, let's get a bunch of guys. And you're right. Like, I think the way the league is trending is you got your superstars and you need a bunch of young dogs. You need a bunch of guys who are mm-hmm. capable of running and gunning and playing defense and and being deep. And I don't know. I just feel that the Lakers traded a lot of guys to, for what? Like, for vets that, I don't know, just – aren't cutting it and mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see what they do here but I, I i don't know it's tough you gotta you gotta lean on anthony davis like i said in the last episode i'm pretty sure he he's awesome he he can he can do it all it's just a matter of how healthy he can stay yeah for sure yeah health if he can if he plays every game Maybe a couple off for rest, but if Anthony Davis plays every game and plays up to his potential, um, the Lakers have a chance. Like he did, he dragged a normal Pelicans team to the playoffs by himself before he came to the Lakers. Like that's it can he if he could do it. Well, I guess that was what four or five years ago. So maybe like that that wear and tear is accumulated, but. I feel like if you could do it uh, with the Pelicans, you can do it with whatever the Lakers have assembled. It's it's not terrible. The team can do well. It's just yeah. We'll see. We'll see how they do on these next games. You got to remember Drew Holiday, man. He was huge on that team, and I remember when they swept the Blazers, and the Blazers were supposed to win that series. And fuck you, Anthony Davis. Hmm. Sorry, Lance. I lost it there. I really lost it. I, Anthony swept us, and it was I was at the beach with all my friends, and it was a really bad beach trip because of you. <laughs> Damn it, Anthony Davis. Rude. And you know what, Lance? We were at the beach when the Blazers lost to Denver. Maybe we shouldn't go to the gosh dang beach when the no. playoffs are on. Oh, yeah, okay, when the playoffs are on. 
Nope. Yeah. Wait, well, the playoffs are like right when it's starting to get nice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no more no more beach basketball. Uh the Lakers next game is Friday, uh the eighteenth, where they host the Detroit Pistons. And then Sunday versus uh the San Antonio Spurs before Tuesday's game at Phoenix. Give me three straight wins, Luke, for the Lakers. <laughs> we get, we're having such we have such a long rest window. Like things are gonna get right. We're not gonna miss LeBron for as many games. But you know what? I'm not mad that LeBron isn't on the court right now while these other guys kind of start to figure out how to work the ball around. I definitely think without LeBron in those last four four minutes of the Clippers games and in the next two games after that, it's felt a little less clogged. Like the ball doesn't stop as much. Like Russell Russell will be the point guard uh, and try to bring everything up and direct things. But it, it feels like the ball is moving. It has a little bit more room. There's a little bit more elbow room um, for the Lakers' offense. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really uh, leaning on these couple of days of rest for the team to get right, and then Anthony Davis after this uh, uh, this last game to be able to um, lead the way. You know, really take. That 37-point game, what is he, 37 and 18? Jeez Louise, this guy. 37 and 18 versus the Brooklyn Nets. If he can do that the next three games, easily winning all three of those. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. uh, We'll see how it goes. Uh, Do you know anything about the Pistons this year? Or the Suns? Yeah, they're... Um, we uh, Portland hasn't played the Pistons. We played the Suns a couple times, and Suns are obviously pretty good. Pistons are a scary young team. Like you don't want to, you don't want to mess around there. There, you got a lot of good young talent. Same with the Spurs; they'll slip on you. But I think you're right. I think you could win all three of those. I I'll go with y'all. I'll say three and two. That's how I know you're my brother. Appreciate you writing me with those. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going. Uh, let's go, Anthony Davis, Darvin Ham. Hey, what are your thoughts on uh, Lakers coach Darvin Ham? His first year with the team right now. As I'm thinking, he looks like he's lost sometimes. Like he stares back at the court, like, what is happening right now? Look at him the yeah, next man. time a dead ball happens in the last three minutes of a game, and he's just, like, staring out there with his mouth agape. And it makes me feel like he might not be able to handle what's happening right now. The fact that he had the balls to bench Westbrook and try to take him off a bit, like, you know, he broke a streak, True. right? Didn't that True. happen? I thought not- he was going to, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if he had a streak, but yeah, being able to, do you think he was able to convince Brody to come off of the bench or like, how do you think that process happened? So he did come off the bench. That happened. 
Russell Westbrook is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A huge streak. Like, I, I want to see the longest streak in NBA history, dude. Yeah. Starting. Anyway, so I thought that was like, damn, this guy's got balls. And then the more you, you think about it, like, dude, they're not looking good. This is not what Laker Nation needs. They need they needed a coach who was going to come in and fucking say some shit. And I don't know. I feel that it's a matter of who you want to play for and making substitutions and making the right moves and getting people to want to play for you. And the Lakers are in a weird spot because AD, I don't know. It seems like he's content with winning that one championship. That's how I feel. from the Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any kind of hype video or, you know, anything, any kind of even report where it's like Anthony Davis is pissed and he's in the gym and he, you know, turning on the beast mode. He's like getting ripped like Giannis or like, I don't think he's got that. He just seems like, there, everybody in this lineup is getting them checks, and they show up for work at the Sable Center. I'm sorry, at Crypto.com Arena, um, and they play some basketball. They practice the next day. It doesn't really matter if they win or lose. They're just getting them checks, I and mean, uh, it sucks to watch. But it's nice when we're losing by enough that the uh, young guys get in, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is passionate. <laughs> <laughs> Max Christie? It is. All right. <laughs> Man, and it just coming off of the, the Blazers getting rid of all their guys, like, hard at first, but at the same time, having a bunch of young guys who actually care and are trying to earn their spot, like, Hell it's yeah. better than that's basketball and it makes it feel like that's why people like college sports better because those guys are all working their ass off every play. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully uh, the Lakers can get this blown up sooner, sooner rather than later in my eyes. I don't know if you're challenging even, you're definitely not challenged for a championship. Hopefully it could, you know, get into the playoffs and make something happen. But you know what? It starts this week. It starts with us leaning on Anthony Davis and him being the guy that we brought him here to be, that we traded all those players and draft picks away for. And he's just got to step up. So it's going to be good to see. That is uh, a, yeah. we can, yeah, we can lead the Lakers there. Um, Before we wrap, anything else? What else do we, uh, what other news? It's happening in the basketball world. To the headlines. Or what do you got? Um, Anything else you want to hit? No, I mean, I, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the Blazers. I'm excited for Damian Lillard to have a little, little bit off his shoulders. And that's good. But as far as Blazers... Fucking go Blazers, baby. Rip City. Oh, the new jerseys were sick. How do you, you know, how do you oh, feel about the PDX carpet jerseys? I like them. I like I do like the PDX carpet. Um and to see them on a jersey is dope. So uh, I think what 
they were going for uh, really worked. Do they have like a white, like an alternate version? Because it was like a black jersey with the PDX carpet on it and what did it say, PDX? Dude, you're, you're on to something, but no, they don't. But the, if there was one thing you could have changed watching the game and those jerseys, what would it have been? If you would have changed the jerseys? Just as a viewer, not on the jerseys necessarily, maybe. But I had something that I was watching at home and I was like, this just, there's something that doesn't look right. What is that? About the jerseys? They change the, usually when you get the city jerseys in like a lot of, and usually Portland just has this, their normal colors, but they had a, they, they changed the floor. Oh. They yeah, changed. So they look- ch- oh, but the Blazers did not change the Moda Santa floor to match the PDX jerseys? No. It was just the regular red and black Blazer setup? Mm hmm. Damn. Well. You would, I yeah, I would have preferred to see like a a city edition floor, but I could also see the Portland court not wanting to pay uh, for like that's a one time use special order court. Like that's, I mean, I would definitely do that though. Like every year for the city edition, like if you try well, to sell shit, these jerseys, they... make this a whole hey. night. This is city jersey night. Wouldn't they do it like? Several times, every time they use the jersey is kind of my thought. That's what other people Oh, do. yeah. I'm going to send yeah. you a picture. Yeah, and then anytime you use those jerseys, you could use that custom floor for the jerseys. That's, yeah. yeah. That's Getting not like a totally here. sunk cost. Let's see what you think of this. What is, uh, explain what you're sending me. It's beautiful. It's a little, little teal interior. Um, you got your basic classic. Oh yeah, mahogany. So this is a uh, what the PDX court could have looked like. Oh the, yeah, <laughs> the the lanes are entirely covered with the PDX Portland International Airport carpet, as is the center court circle. Uh, with the white trailblazer uh, logo on top of that. And then black edges. And instead of the red and black blazers, it has the locked out PDX. That's the the letter sign for the uh, airport here in Portland. Yeah, this would have been dope. Where is this from? Just someone Um, on Twitter saying, you could have done better, damn it, blazers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was on Facebook. It was like missed opportunity. Nice. Yeah, they they definitely missed out. And you only have to change those floorboards in the in the paint. You don't have to do you anything. You gotta do crazy. it anyway, bro. You gotta you change them anyway. Like if there's concerts and events, like, come on. Damn. Come on, Moda Center or Trailblazers ownership, whoever is in charge of that decision. You missed out there. But I guess you are still getting a lot of eyes on the team. Being the number one team 
in the Western Conference. Super sick. And the Lakers are about to go on a hopefully uh, start off a winning streak here. So check in with us next week uh, to see us explain how right or wrong we were. Well, that was good stuff. Another episode down. Luke Jobs, great Trailblazer fan and follower. Thank you for doing uh, uh, this episode again tonight. And I'm looking forward to more. Too bad, my dude. We're on here. Rip City. Brandon Roy, if you're listening, I got you, dude. And Clay, if you're listening, signing off. We're out.